When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Hey everybody, it's Matthew Collar here. We're talking Vikings football five days a week on Purple Daily, available on Apple, Spotify, and the Score North app, or wherever you find your podcasts. And look, if you're tight on time right now and you can only listen to one segment from today's show, here it is. Thank you, Jonathan. Matthew Collar back here, and uh, we welcome in Arif Hassan from The Athletic. Arif, um, who do you think's playing for the Vikings? Uh, I'm, I'm going to have to contact sources to find out who's on the roster. Is it anyone? Uh, at the moment, it isn't. So let's talk about Everson Griffin for a minute here. Uh, he announces on Instagram that he's leaving, and Everson Griffin to me feels different. And you'll tell me if you uh, didn't have this same feeling today when he announced that he wasn't coming back. And the reason is because he's still really good at football. Uh, releasing someone like Xavier Rhodes or Linval Joseph, you can say, all right, well, those guys had fallen off. They're not worth what they're making anymore. But Joseph had 66 pressures last year and ranks in the top 15 for defensive ends. He still draws a lot of attention, and especially the first half of the year was outstanding. So to have him leave, that, to me, changes the dial from, yeah, reload to rebuild on the defensive side. Yeah, I think so, and I think it's something the Vikings didn't anticipate. Otherwise, I don't think they would have committed themselves the way they did to Kirk Cousins. Uh, they're they're very clearly attempting to win now, but all they've really done, aside from signing Michael Pierce, is shed talent. Um, it's it's pretty concerning, and, and Griffin, like you said, uh, still has a couple of years, it seems like, left in him, especially if you put him in a rotational role, which I expect he'll be wherever he signs, so he'll have the ability to have like a maximum impact. Um, the real concerning part is that the Vikings expected him to be back. I mean, they announced at the Combine that they expect him to be back, which is a very rare thing to do, even if you do expect someone to be back, because you typically just don't say anything until all the pieces are in place. Um, but I mean, you know, they, they did it and, and it's very clear, you know, he's not coming back. He announced on Instagram, uh, he reposted like something about interest with the Cowboys. It sounds like five or six other teams are interested. Um, that's concerning. Well, I think a lot of teams should be interested in, and that is why it is concerning because you sort of felt like you had that money in the bank with Everson Griffin of knowing that if he came back on a reasonable deal, which is kind of what we expected in their tough salary cap days, that they would still have a really good defensive line and you could still set up Daniil Hunter or Everson Griffin to be double teamed, but not both of them. And you can improve on the cornerback play from the outside corners and maybe work out uh, you know, something with Anthony Harris and then still have a very, very good defense because Eric Kendricks is great and Harrison Smith is great. But this move 
is is very much a swing toward well now who else should you be looking at moving i mean does this sort of move you more toward trading anthony harris or the thing that the internet really did not love being brought up which was a harrison smith trade because now it feels like burn it all to the ground yeah, and, and it's very awkward to say that in the context of, of a cap situation where Cousins is very likely going to either have to extend again in 2022 or take a $45 million hit for the team. I mean, I, I think that uh, it, it's going to be difficult to rebuild if you don't give space for a quarterback to enter the team. But if you want a quarterback to enter the team, you need first-round ammo to do it that uh, requires trading Harris or uh, somebody who has trade value like Harrison Smith that's going to be pretty difficult. So, yeah, the Vikings might have to shift into rebuild mode because they haven't been able to retain any talent. But the way that they haven't been able to retain any talent uh, has, has made it very difficult for them to rebuild. So they're in this very awkward period. They were already entering the offseason attempting to navigate this really tight situation, walking a tightrope. And they've basically just taken wrong steps every single step of the way, <laughs> unless they were able to like recoup it on the back end. It doesn't look like they're able to. So uh, disagree because Kai, or not Kai, I'm sorry, not Kai Forbeth, uh, but Dan Bailey is back and Britton Colquitt is back. So I don't know how you could look at it and say that they've lost a lot of talent when the best kicker in team history is back. Um Sorry, I, I didn't even effectively do the turbo snark there. Uh, so you, I, I think it's a really interesting point about the Kirk Cousins uh, extension because you do it out of desperation to make cap space for players to sign, and then your players leave anyway. <laughs> and uh, so now you're looking at a situation that normally a team, if they're in this spot, would not be signing a very, very expensive quarterback. I, I made the comparison earlier. It would have almost been like if the New York Jets had signed Kirk Cousins when he was a, initially a free agent. It never made much sense for the Jets to sign Kirk Cousins at that time because they just weren't ready to win. So why add a $30 million quarterback? And that's essentially by signing him to a contract extension. What the Vikings have done here is added a very expensive quarterback back to a team that needs that cap space and all the draft capital and so forth to build itself back up. Yeah, and honestly, I was fine at the time with the Cousins extension, despite the fact that it put them in this really difficult, awkward situation two years from now, because I thought it signaled a move to be able to grab some sort of free agents that would be able to put the Vikings over the top. And then, of course, you know, you trade away Stephon Diggs, that makes it a little bit more difficult. But hey, that frees up some cap space at the back end. And with the new CBA, you have the ability to sign a free agent and use the cap space at the back end, even if you don't free up that much in, in 2020. So hey, maybe there's something there, but they just haven't been. I mean, Michael Pierce is great, but he's a nose tackle. So there's like not really much that you've added to the team that substantially has improved their ability to win, but they very clearly signal that they want to do that now at the cost of uh, future capability, which teams do all the time. Sometimes it works out, and the Vikings just haven't actually done the second part. They've like freed up all this room, and now they're just sitting there. Yeah, in the Pierce signing for $27 million over three years, that also doesn't really fit. I mean, it fits with a team that was bringing back Everson Griffin and then maybe signing Nikel Roby Coleman and drafting a first-round corner and hoping that Mike Hughes improves and keeping Anthony Harris. But if you trade Anthony Harris and Everson Griffin is gone, then signing an expensive nose tackle, I mean, that's the last piece 
you would want to add, as in, oh, we have a great defense, we just need this nose tackle, so let's overpay for him. Not, hey, let's start out our free agency period when we need to rebuild with something too expensive at that position. So I understand fully, and you wrote about this, I know, of like Mike Zimmer's thinking on why a nose tackle would be important. I'm not debating that part of it. I'm debating this position being one to invest a pretty good deal of money when you're up against the salary cap. Yeah, and if he was 25 instead of 27, which I know sounds like a very small difference, but it really is pretty significant because, you know, Linval Joseph was 25 when he initially signed with the Vikings in 2014. If he was 25 instead of 27, you could just say, hey, they're just they're packing it away for the future, especially if it was a longer-term deal than three years. Um, but it, it might be that the Vikings really think they can hit on every single one of their draft picks. If they trade Anthony Harris, let's say for a third-round pick or a pick swap or something, they're basically betting that they can replace like five Pro Bowl talents with five or six picks in the top 105 picks, which uh, seems pretty unlikely to me. I don't think uh, any GM has done that, even if you include that incredible Saints draft class from a couple of years ago. Uh, I don't. I don't think they got five Pro Bowlers out of it. So I don't. There's there's not a way to improve the team in a really significant way, given the way that they're kind of moving these assets around. And I could be wrong. Maybe they're making a move for Jadevian Clowney. There's already you know some people creating a stir about that. And then you turn the whole ship around. And you're like, oh hey, great. They're ready to go. Let's go. But it, it just seems unlikely. So, uh, hey, they could do some stuff on the back end that could make it pretty interesting. But right now, given what we know, it, it's really difficult to say that the team has found ways to execute what looked like their vision from the beginning of this offseason. And you know, Arif, that I want nothing more than madness, than big trades, crazy moves, all-in type of plays, because that makes it fun to talk about for not only me, but everybody else who's a Vikings fan. But now the all-in type of moves that we talked about seem just... Like, they wouldn't make sense all of a sudden, because not only is Griffin gone, that's a big deal, but Stefan Diggs being gone, also a big deal. And like you said, 22nd overall pick, are you getting a, a Pro Bowl wide receiver at that point? That's pretty hard to imagine right there. Um, so if you said, oh, the, well, they're going to trade some of this draft capital for Trent Williams and sign him to an extension that lowers his cap hit, and maybe they trade Riley Reef along with him, that I, you would almost go, huh, for why? Right. Like, even though a week ago I would have said, oh, kind of makes sense because they're all in. But now it feels like if you make an all in move now, it almost seems like you just don't understand who you are. Yeah, it really does, because the the Vikings right now uh, are essentially aiming for eight and eight or something like that. it's helping no one. Uh, and so, uh, yeah, it, it doesn't make a ton of sense in terms of what their stated goals are. Like you said, if they make a couple more, they'd have to, they'd have to keep re-upping it for it to end up making sense. They'd have to, you know, use some of that draft capital to trade for Trent Williams and they'd somehow have to magic, uh, a deal that would make, you know, Jadevian Clowney work, which if they're not going to sign Everson for like, 10 million or however much he's asking for, uh, they're, they're not going to sign Jadevian Clowney. Um, so they'd have to be able to do that. And then they'd have to be able to figure out kind of what's happening at wide receiver. They'd have to sign Rashad Perriman and then trade up in the first round. But we've already used all these trade assets on Trent Williams. I don't, how are we going to do all this? So it's really difficult with the assets they have, with the moves they made, for them to be able to say, hey, no, we're fully committed to winning in 2020. Maybe that means we're going to take some hits on the back end. 
Uh, but it really seems like 2019 was their window based off of what they're doing right now. It definitely feels that way. And I wonder how things would have been different, Arif, had they been smoked by the New Orleans Saints. Like If they would be taking a very different angle toward this offseason, um, depending on whether you even had Mike Zimmer and Rick Spielman still here. And any time that you're being judged on what happens in one playoff game, that's where you can tend to make mistakes. And, and I wonder if whether it was moving on from those guys and trying something else, uh, or if it was just saying, Hey, let's be realistic. The window closed and now we have to move on. I, I wonder if either one of those outcomes would have been influenced, uh, heavily if they had lost in New Orleans of so just a, a different approach to this offseason. Yeah, that's a really interesting point because I, I think that you're right, especially, you know, they win in New Orleans, they have the ability to kind of make a run in the playoffs. But the most interesting thing about that is that the two heroes of the New Orleans game both left. Andrew Sandejo signed, uh, Everson Griffin has signaled that he's not with the Vikings anymore. And so you think, hey, that, that Saints game really changed a lot because we think that, you know, that Zimmer was under, you know, the hot seat. He turns in maybe the best coaching performance I've seen. Uh, it's really incredible, but it does set up the Vikings to think that they've really got all the horses to, to make it go. But the two pieces that were really critical to making that Saints game work are also gone. So it is a very curious situation where the Saints game set them up to have this kind of offseason, but they're not using the things they learned from the Saints game. It's it's very fascinating. Talking with Arif Hassan of The Athletic, so then what should their realistic timeline be to be good again? And, I mean, in a way, you could probably make an argument that that doesn't happen until you trade Kirk Cousins in 2021 or something like that. And maybe things are very different with a 17-game season and the salary cap, so other, another team might be interested in it. Or is it 2021 that you could do it? Because I can see a path with Hunter being very young and you're going to draft these defensive backs and you'd be developing them throughout the next couple of years and a left tackle maybe you hit on that you know, even in that short of a time that you could be quite relevant again if you open up more cap space with this or that and you could sign some free agents. Um, do you think it would take longer than that? And, and what's the path if that's going to be the case? I, I think it would be shorter than it would be for a lot of teams if you take a look and identify the core young talent, which unfortunately does not include Adam Thielen. He's kind of on the other end of it. You kind of put him in the Harrison Smith category. Um, yeah, you mentioned Hunter. Uh, they, uh, you could say Michael Pierce is now a member of the core young talent. Uh, if they extend Dalvin Cook, which I don't think is a smart move, they might actually still be headed in that direction. Um, but you would count him. Uh, there's, there's a number of players that, uh, you know, Brian O'Neill, potentially Garrett Bradbury, number of players that would be core to a rebuild. And I think there's more of those players than there are for a lot of teams that find themselves in, you know, quote unquote rebuild mode. Normally you put Anthony Harris there. It still sounds like they're trying to trade him. Um, but. Uh, I think you could be good sooner so long as, of course, you find a way to get that quarterback and you hit on the quarterback, which is the, the essential nature for all teams. But with that good young quarterback, I think the Vikings are closer to competing sooner than I think a ton of teams are when they enter that, that, that same kind of category. You know, it really feels like they're walking a tightrope. And if you fall off the tightrope into the, uh, what, what did the guy, what did he walk over? The, there's the guy that does the tightrope and it was on TV back when we didn't have coronavirus scares. He was walking over a mountain or something. Uh, anyway, so if, uh, it feels like you're doing that. What was it? Oh, a volcano. 
So the volcano, yeah. the volcano is mediocrity. If you fall into the volcano, you go six and ten or seven and nine for three straight years, and it's just the absolute worst for everyone. People get fired, the fans lose interest, the players are at each other's throats. Uh, can you tell that I uh, was in Buffalo for a while? Um, but uh, you know, it just it does not go well when that that's the worst place you could possibly be. And I, I just feel like that's where they're at because there's enough talent to win seven games or eight games. But unless you hit on those draft picks, there's not enough talent to win more than that. And that's what they're in. I think very much danger going down this path of ending up being. Yeah, I think you're always in a really precarious position when you rely on hitting on multiple draft picks from the same class. Like, I understand we really need this first-round pick to hit. We've got, I don't know, a 60% chance of that or whatever. And then, you know, that's going to set up our team for success. That's great. Sometimes that works. Sometimes it doesn't. But I think you're fine. But if you end up being, like, required to hit, you know, three or four draft picks in the first 100 or five draft picks in the first 100 in order to get back to where you were – you're you're basically SOL. I mean, there's nothing that you can because now you're multiplying that 60% by like four, which you know that's that's not great. That's like two percent or something. I, don't, I can't do math, but it's not great. Uh, so uh, you can't really put yourself in a situation where you need those draft picks. It's just better to have draft picks as kind of a luxury, as a buffer to provide a floor. But in order to provide all of the core elements of your team. That's tough, and and I think that you're right. That really sets you up for a seven nine eight eight six ten sort of season, uh, multiple times in a row until you get out from under a quarterback contract. That hey, if you go six ten seven nine three years in a row, who's going to want to trade for the quarterback? It's it's tough. Right. No, that's a good point. Uh, last thing for you. Um, what's been the move that you have loved, uh, whether it's from a fun and entertainment standpoint or if it's just from a, hey, like this was under the radar, really savvy and smart type of move in the NFL so far in the first week? Um, I, I really like the Shaq Lawson signing from the Dolphins. I know they've made Who a bunch of big money moves. Who cares? Uh, <laughs> oh, really love this a low-key Dolphin signing. You would do that. Well, I don't think the Dolphins are good, but I just think that if you put yourself in a position to think that, hey, maybe they'll grab a quarterback that'll compete right away. Hey, you've got Byron Jones and Damian Howard in the same secondary. That's pretty cool. Uh, it'd be nice to support them with some pass rush, and I think that Shaq Lawson is a really underrated signing. He could be the Shaq Barrett uh, of this year. So I, I think that that's a pretty good move. I don't know that maybe the Dolphins are the right team for Shaq Lawson if he wants to you know, win a lot right away, but I think it's just a smart move to sign him. And the Dolphins are at least executing a core consistent vision, uh, which it didn't seem like that they were going to do last year. They signed a bunch of really, you know, high-end free agents that are pretty interesting. Uh, I think Lawson is kind of the more underrated among that group, and then they can use those draft picks that they have uh, in order to kind of round things out. And then, of course, they have to hit on the quarterback. I love how I yelled, who cares, and you just kept powering through with your Shaq Lawson analysis. I, I can't help but respect it. And uh, <laughs> I, 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 wonder, I wonder this. I'll leave you on this. Would you trade the entire situation that the Vikings are in, roster, coaches, everything else, for Miami's at this point? Uh, no. No. Um, I, I well maybe partially because I just think Miami as an organization is just screwed no matter what. Don't, don't worry about that. I'm just talking about the, right. the draft capital and the roster and the situation you're in. I might because you can maybe draft Tua. 
Yeah, it's okay. So when you put it, yeah, I think that it is, it's just more exciting, right? Because like you said, you can draft two or maybe, you know, they'll pull a fast one and draft Justin Herbert. Who knows? Yeah. No, maybe they'll, they'll put, <laughs> but the, you know, it's, it's exciting to speculate and talk about kind of those quarterbacks right now. We're like talking about, all right, are they going to get, I don't know, Justin Jefferson? Like that's like the most interesting thing they could do right now for the Vikings. But for the Dolphins, they could do like eight different things. Um, I, I think that that's way more exciting. I think they've got more upside to be interesting. I think if they go, you know, eight and eight, that's a more interesting talker from, from where they were as a, as a tanking team than if the Vikings go from a playoff team to eight and eight. So yeah. it's more, it's more interesting. For yeah. Sure. No, that's a good point. Arif Hassan writes for the athletic. Always appreciate your time and uh, great stuff. Arif. Thanks for coming on, man. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Yeah, for sure. All right. Before we wrap up, we have just a couple minutes. I want to say this about Everson Griffin. Because he's one of the first players that, when I got here in 2016 to start covering the Vikings, that you walk into a locker room and you feel his presence. Like, he is, of course, loud, and he has a big personality, but also just such an impressive player in terms of the effort that he gave, the motor that he was, and the heart in a lot of ways, of the Vikings' defense for years that included a lot of really great moments and a lot of really great moments for Everson Griffin on a personal level. Um, I, I can't say I'll ever forget when Everson Griffin got a sack in Detroit and pulls up his jersey and has, uh, I think, something like, I had a baby boy written on his his shirt underneath, which he did not get fined for, if I recall correctly. And, uh, you know, Everson always had something interesting to say at his locker and, and was a guy that everybody looked to with such a great deal of respect for the type of player that he became. Uh, he was a guy that had some troubles at USC, came out early in his NFL career, and maybe wasn't taking it as seriously as he needed to and grew up under Mike Zimmer to become one of the best players in the entire NFL. And one of those guys that if you're a left tackle the night before, you are having trouble sleeping before you're facing Everson Griffin. And when you look at even closer, and not just the sack totals, which are tremendous, but when you look closer for the amount of attention he required to even slow him down a little bit, um, <laughs> man, I mean, they needed tight ends, they needed running backs, fullbacks, uh, double teams, all the things like that in order to slow down Everson Griffin and still didn't have a whole lot of success doing it. And Daniil Hunter will definitely miss Everson Griffin on the other side. So he was a guy uh, that is borderline ring of honor type level and had a, a really remarkable career as a Minnesota Viking. And I think that the lasting image of Everson Griffin is probably when you see the camera show him on the sideline in the Minneapolis Miracle with his eyes popped out of his head and his hands on top of his head like he can't believe what just happened. Uh, Everson Griffin at that moment was every single person watching that game. And uh, so you, you have to appreciate somebody who put that much dedication into it and also played this game with that level of heart and violence and toughness. I mean, he brought all that to this team and... Let me tell you, not easy to replace. Not easy to replace at all. All right, Mackie and Judd with Rami will continue the reaction. Everson Griffin on his way out of Minnesota. We will catch you on Monday, but emergency podcast if something happens. All right, so keep your eye on the uh, the feed there, on the, on the podcast feed. All right, we'll see you Monday. This holiday season, Peloton's got a gift for you. 
Get up to $200 off accessories with the purchase of a Peloton bike, Bike Plus, or Tread. And take your workout to the next level with accessories like non-slip grip dumbbells, a heart rate monitor, cycling shoes, and more. Peloton, motivation that moves you. This limited time offer ends December 25th. Visit OnePeloton.com to learn more. All access membership separate. Offer ends December 25th. Cannot be combined with other offers. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com. At the Home Depot, we have plenty of Christmas trees to make your holidays even more magical. Hundreds of full, easy-to-assemble artificial trees that look so real, you may be convinced they actually are. And for those who love that fresh pine smell, we have a parking lot full of fresh-cut trees to call your own. We'll even help you load your tree in the car so you can bring home the holidays. The Home Depot. How doers get more done.